Welcome to the week 13 edition of the Fantasy Football Brothers DFS podcast. My name is Blake and I'm here with my younger brother Carson as we talk about players that we like for this week's DFS matchups. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Excited to jump into this. Uh, usually I've been in a $20 contest with my dad and my brother. I got thrown into a $3 one last week and, and did well. So I'm hoping to continue my, my streak and maybe prove myself again. <laughs> Yeah, Karsten was on a bit of a bit of a rough stretch, and we had to downgrade him to the three dollar contest. And he's he's just proven himself this season to be a three dollar bully. Ah, uh, yes, that is that is what I am. Apparently, I did have like my best week ever when I was in a three dollar contest. But yes, just that's just how it goes. All right, well, let's jump right into it. Um, let's start with quarterbacks. You want me to go first? Sure, go ahead. Take your boy Brady. Well, spoilies. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tom. Tom Brady, my guy. Uh, here's here's what I'm thinking. He's he hasn't he's been struggling a little bit lately. He's in a bit of a slump, mm-hmm. and I think that people are going to be shying away from that. He's seventy two hundred dollars in this in this slate. Uh, but here's the thing: he's playing Atlanta, and as we know, Tom Brady owns Atlanta. So back in week two when they played, Tom Brady threw for two hundred and seventy six passing yards, five touchdowns on 24 completions 36 attempts even had a rush for six yards so what i'm trying to say is that i think he bounces back against atlanta who's i mean they're just they're a miserable team to watch on on defense so i think that's kind of a no-brainer would you agree yeah i would agree i think he's got to bounce back for sure uh we can move on to justin herbert for 6700 uh talked about him in the matchup previews video playing cincinnati um, should be an interesting one. He has had 300-plus uh, passing yards in three of his past four games, so that's good for DFS bonuses. And this Bengals team is much easier to pass against than to rush against, so that should play into his favor to get a lot of passing yards and get a decent amount of touchdowns. You like his weapons. I, I don't know if I would risk it with Mike Williams, although he could be a good DFS play just because of his boom potential. But Keenan Allen's proven himself, so maybe you could even do a stack. Eckler's great, too. Um, so yeah, and then I guess you could maybe add on to this, but similar reasoning, Burrow in the same matchup. Do you have anything you know other to say about him that's unique from Herbert? I don't really know. Yeah, I mean you like Joe Burrow's weapons, and the the way that they've been utilizing Joe Mixon recently, I think he can get involved in the passing game. Uh, Jamar Chase has been kind of disappointing lately, but I think he kind of turns up in this game. It just it seems like of all the games that uh, Chargers and Bengals is going to be a bit of a shootout. Yeah, they have two incredible fantasy offenses, that's for sure. Uh, just great weapons. Uh, last quarterback we'll talk about, and I saw today, I can't believe it, he has now taken the top spot for most passing yards this season. Derek Carr, 6000 for his DFS price. I found that so crazy. He, he overtook Brady, I think, who was the leader before him. Um you know, he had 373 passing yards, only one passing touchdown, but on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, he gets a ton of yards, which is good for DFS, gives him a really good floor. And I would like to think that he finishes this, this season with, you know, at least one three touchdown passing game. And I don't know, the, uh, the football team has turned around and been on a pretty good streak since they've come off their bye. But at the end of the day, this is a really good matchup for him as they are uh, ranked 30th in passing yards allowed per game and fourth in rushing yardage. So I, I expect Derek Carr to, 
keep on slinging it. Hopefully into the end zone too, though. Yeah, I'll just say this. I mean, obviously you're getting a discounted price with 6K versus Brady's 7,200. Uh, but there is a difference there with that multiple touchdown statistic you were talking about. Derek Carr has 17 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. Tom Brady also has nine interceptions, but 30 passing touchdowns. Yeah, it, it does make a big difference. Uh, just Derek Carr's unique, though, that he gets those yards, which would give gives him a pretty good floor. Um but we haven't seen him have a big passing touchdown game, and I don't know. Maybe he goes, ends the season, doesn't have one, and I'm going to keep on saying I'm expecting one, but I feel like it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Uh, we can move on to running backs. Uh, I'll let you talk about the elite guys of uh, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Joe Mixon. Yeah, honestly, if you can find a way to get one or even two of these guys into your lineup, it'd be really tough to get th- all three, but... <laughs> Uh, if you can find a way to include one of these guys at least, uh, you can't go wrong, really. Jonathan Taylor has been on a, an insane tear, scoring at least one rushing touchdown in every game since week four. Uh, Austin Eckler, always viable to you know, have five to six catches in a game and get his touches on the ground as well. And then Joe Mixon, as we talked about earlier, he's just beginning more involved. He's got uh, 58 total rushes in his past two games combined four rushing touchdowns in that two game span and it looks like just under 300 rushing yards so he's on a good a really good pace right now and as we all know you can run on the chargers yes um i can kind of do the other end of this strategy uh if you want to go more cheap guys to pay up at wide receiver and we'll talk about big spending options there too uh here's some lower price guys elijah mitchell uh antonio gibson and jamal williams and real quick i just want to tell you how many touches they each had last week Uh, elijah mitchell had 32 antonio gibson had 36 and jamal williams had 20 and swift was there for part of the game he left pretty early but still he still ended up with 20 touches and i expect even more with uh, Swift already being ruled out for that game. And we saw Jamal Williams in week one have eight receptions. Now, I don't think he can do that and also take the bulk of all the carries, but it shows you that this team is willing to get him involved on both sides of the offense, just like they were with Swift. So at a price of 5,400 for Jamal Williams, I feel like you can't go too wrong. And uh, I've spent more time explaining him because I think Elijah Mitchell and Antonio Gibson are a little bit more of no-brainers, especially Elijah Mitchell. Um... I mean, he's had games without receptions, but uh, he had five this this game, and I expect that to continue, at least to some degree. Uh, and he's also getting all the rushing work that gives him a really good floor. And Antonio Gibson, uh, he just looked really good Monday Night Football, and uh, a lot of people that probably had him had grown skeptical of him. Uh, he had a good stretch from, like, week three to five, and then a really bad stretch from week six to eight. Um, but he's kind of back on a good stretch, I would say. Um, and I kind of, I believe in him, I guess I could say. And he gets a lot of touchdowns. He didn't last week, but he has the potential to get, you know, two rushing touchdowns, and that that's really good for DFS, uh, for sure. Yeah, three three really good guys that are at or below $6,000 there. Yeah. All right, for wide receivers, uh, I mean, I guess I can throw out these names so you can talk about more of your guys on the cheaper end. But, uh, I mean, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, uh, I mean, Cooper Cup is, there's not much explaining that you need to do. He's averaging 26.8 DFS points per week. Um, that's that's absurd. 
and we're not seeing any other player do anything like that. I mean, like I jokingly said in matchup previews, Week 12 was his first sub-20 fantasy point game since Week 5, so he's just extremely talented and has such a high floor. Justin Jefferson's done amazing, too, uh, and against Detroit, that's not a defense that scares you at all, and like we said, Blake did the analysis in the matchup previews. Uh, Justin Jefferson got his fair share. Uh, he had seven receptions for 124 yards the last time they faced the Lions this season. And then Keenan Allen uh, has really taken the front seat again of this offense and is just... Mr. Reliable. Yes. I think it's like the, the switch flicked on at week nine. Since week nine, he's had 12, 8, 9, and 7 receptions. Like, that is the Keenan Allen we're used to. And uh, he's not extremely expensive. He's the fourth most expensive um, wide receiver, much less than Cup and also pretty considerably less than Jefferson. Uh, but, yeah, he's still a high-priced, uh, big spender, big return player. So, again, if you want to maybe pay up on running backs, we can talk about the cheaper wide receivers. Yeah, so let's talk about Hunter Renfro, $5,800. We just talked about Derek Carr and what we think he'll be able to do against this Washington defense. Uh, I mean, similar to, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro's stat lines have kind of been reminiscent of Keenan Allen, but just kind of a a less uh, impressive stat line. Regardless, he's been getting high to mid-teens in pretty much every game this season. He's very reliable. He is the number one pass catcher in this offense. And I, I like him. I mean, it's a, it's a good matchup, so you feel good about that. Uh, similar price, 5700 for Michael Pittman Jr. He is playing the Texans. And, you know, there's a narrative around how T.Y. Hilton always goes off against the Texans, so <laughs> maybe he does that again this, this week. But I, I definitely trust Michael Pittman more in this offense. He is the more reliable pass catcher for the Colts. Uh, Carson Wentz has been very good as of late, uh, keeping his turnovers down, and that creates opportunities for players like Michael Pittman to capitalize on that. Uh, and then lastly, I think I'll talk about uh, either of these guys, 5,600. You've got Darnell Mooney and Brandon Ayuk. Mm -hmm. These are guys that, you know, going into the season, they were not expected to be the lead receiving options for their team. And Brandon Ayuk has not been that player for the season, but he looks like he's going to be in position to do it this week with Debo Samuel likely out. Uh, and Darnell Mooney, uh, something happened with with Allen Robinson. You know, he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. It's so sad. And, yeah, it is. But uh, Darnell Mooney is capitalizing on it. In his last two weeks, he's combined for 24 targets. Uh, he's got 10 catches and 244 receiving yards over those two games. Uh, this guy's just getting looks, and he's delivering on these looks. It's not the most efficient. So if it's anywhere near above 50% on his targets versus catches, you're going to pay off with this guy. And then similarly with Brandon Ayuk, he's been on a very good stretch recently. Uh you know, low, low single or high single digit targets in his past few games. And, you know, just delivering on those on those looks and the defense they're playing Seattle doesn't scare you. So I like these guys at these prices. I agree. I think you do have a lot of good cheap options at wide receiver this week. Uh, we can move on to tight ends. Mark Andrews, 6,000. Um, I watched a few, you know, a few highlights from that Ravens Browns game. And you could just see that, you know, in one 
in one drive, Lamar's running away from everybody, chucks it up, Mark Andrews is there. Uh, when they're in the red zone, he's running away from everybody, chucks it up, Mark Andrews is there. I mean, he's just reliable for the big plays whenever Lamar needs him, and that gives you uh, good fantasy returns for him, too. Obviously, uh, he showed his ceiling in his Week 5 performance, where he had 44.7. He hasn't had another game over 20, but it shows you that he is a very important role in this offense, and he does have a really good floor as well because he's just always involved. So at 6,000, it's, you know, it's a, he's the most expensive tight end this week other than Waller, but he's not playing. Uh, so yeah, likely not playing, Yeah, likely not playing. He's doubtful. And we'll talk yes. about uh, that situation a little bit more in a second, but I'll let you talk about Gronkowski. Yeah. My boy Gronk, as long as Tom Brady's the quarterback, I trust in Gronkowski, <laughs> you know, every game that he's been healthy in, he's been just a lock, like just a lock, a lineup lock. And, uh, last, his last two games, nine targets and eight targets, seven catches and six catches, high yardage, uh, 123 last week and 71 in week 11. I mean, he's just a stud and it, it's, it's crazy that he is still producing uh, given his injury history and everything else with his career. But you, you just, you know, you, you love to see him succeed. And I'm thinking that he's going to do that again this week. Uh, and then let's talk about who else? Um, Foster Moreau. Yeah, Foster Moreau. So this is in the event that, in the likely event, yes. that uh, Darren Waller misses this week. And we can see how he performed back in week seven when he was giving the, given the main job. Six catches uh, for 60 yards and a touchdown on six targets. I mean, he's basically going to slide into that Darren Waller role, which we know in their offense is an important piece. And I think, you know, again, the matchup doesn't scare you. It's like with uh, Hunter Renfro. I think he's in a good position to be successful at $2,700. Obviously a good cheap option. And then... Lastly, let's talk about James O'Shaughnessy, and you might be thinking, who? Who? But... Uh, I now understand. Hold on. I now understand why we're bringing him up, because we tend to always talk about Dan Arnold, and since he's injured, therefore... That's, that's correct. James O'Shaughnessy slides in in the Dan Arnold role, which apparently for the Jaguars is the lead pass catcher. So... You know, uh, we talked about it in the main show about, is it going to be Marvin Jones? Is it going to be LaVisca Chenault? Honestly, who knows? But I think that it, it, the, 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 the proven asset in that offense outside of James Robinson is the tight end position. And so James O'Shaughnessy at 2,600, you know, you're, you're kind of throwing a dart with that. But uh, he could certainly pay off given how the Jaguars use the tight end. I think at the beginning of the season or like preseason, Tim Tebow was signed as a Jaguars tight end. Imagine that reality if he stayed there and they used the tight end like they always do. That'd be so crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're I, we're not really going to talk about defenses. Um, uh, so I guess we're yeah, gonna I think that. I think the best I think the best options the Miami Dolphins against uh, a Giants-led team by Mike Glennon. Yeah, uh, and you know. But there's really not a whole lot to cover, so we're going to wrap it up here. Good luck to you guys in all of your games this weekend, and enjoy the football, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace out, everybody.